show's got car the 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 show's got hey welcome to another episode of dying laughing i kind of like that intro it's a good intro the guy who got playing guitar in there is really good yeah he's muy excelente muy excelente but yeah welcome to another show of dying laughing I'm your host, O. What's up, O? And that's uh, Tim. I'm Tim. Que tal, Perro? Que tal. <laughs> that's what's up, dog, in Spanish. I did not know that. It's really not. I thought it was que tal. It, maybe it is. Yeah, it's que tal. I got you. But anyway, we want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening. I think we got a good show for you today. Uh, we're going to start the segment. we start segment. Well, I don't know what we're going to do, really. We're going to talk. We're going to talk? We're going to talk. Okay, we'll yeah. do that. We'll be talking. <laughs> but the first segment in today's show is... This Week in Cancer! So yeah, it was... Uh, Owen and I were talking earlier, just especially... And this isn't necessarily national news, and we'll probably get some of that. But right now, for us, and for me specifically, it was a weird week, man. It was a weird week. Well, tell us about your week. So, Saturday was a bike ride that I had put together as a fundraiser for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. Um, we rode like 65 miles around Lancaster County. Yeah, it was a really nice ride. We had, I think, eight or nine people that did it with us. So this is the, we're calling this the second inaugural ride for their lives. Okay. Because right? the first inaugural one got canceled because a year ago, Saturday, I was still in the hospital. I was in the ICU learning how to walk. I think that's congratulations. It is a congratulations. It's been a yeah. year since yeah. I was in the hospital. Okay. So this is good news, but we had to cancel the bike ride because I was in no kind of shape to be riding no bicycle <laughs> a year ago. Uh, and yeah, now I can like... get up and ride you know, 65 miles and raise about 1300 bucks for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. And that's really cool. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see where this thing goes. I'd love to have you know, 40, 50 people do it next year, and we'll have lots of plugs for it as it comes along, but I want to get this going. I was really cool to do that. At the same time, I got two funerals I got to go to this week. Jeez. Yeah, from cancer people. People that had the same disease that I did, people that got the same treatment that I did, mm-hmm. and didn't work. Yeah, that's tough. You know, like it's it's hard. And the one was, was Leo, who I, we spoke about on the second episode, just how I was feeling bad, like feeling good when I'm in at hospice with Leo. And um, I think Leo was the he was second, the second recipient get, re, right. of CAR T at the hospital, and his didn't work. Right, four months later, it came back. It got to the point where, you know, he he, he couldn't take any more medicine. The chemo was going to kill him. Mm. And he got it came back. He had a tumor on his liver, and they said that's it. Like we can't. We're out of options. For our condolences definitely go out to, to Leo's Leo and family. Sue. Yeah, and, and Sue's great. Like she saw me. I went to the funeral. It was really cool. They didn't call it a funeral. They called it a celebration of his life. Okay. Which is kind of neat. It was a little less sad. But it was at Clipper Stadium in Lancaster, who's a huge baseball fan. And, you know, so they had the first baseline was set up with, with the family on there and the table with Leo. And they released oh, some wow. butterflies. There's all these medical, or not medical, um, military honors, 21 gun salute. Like the whole thing. I, they, we all got American flags. I have it in my car now, a little flag that it reminds me of, of that and of Leo and all that he did. That's awesome. So it was a really, it was a neat thing, but it's still a funeral. Yeah, like, no matter how you slice it, yeah. we're celebrating the life that isn't around anymore. Yeah, you're right. You know, and that that was tough. And then the next day, Tuesday, I'm supposed to be, you know, the pretty face for cancer survivorship at the hospital. They're doing this tour. Well, they didn't already messed up. I know, right? Like you got to find pretty a pretty. Face. I'm the prettiest face that had. <laughs> you're the cancer. pretty face of it. Jeez. It's a it's a it's a low bar. There's a small sample size. I got you. I'm the prettiest guy no, that had cancer. Horror story. Yeah, right. Otherwise, I'm not even. I'm a solid three, maybe a four. Uh, I got but you. But cancer survivors, I'm like a six or a seven. Okay. So I'm supposed to be the pretty face for cancer survivorship. They're doing this tour of all these, um, you know, very deep pockets. Yeah, you know, people that mm-hmm. they're hoping can help out further the the incredible work that Penn State Hershey is doing. Right. You know, the lives that they're saving. And they, you know, they did this video about me and they're all very happy that I'm alive. I'm happy that I'm alive too. You know, and I texted the wife of another patient that I met over there and uh said, Hey, I'm coming to the hospital. Can I stop by and see you guys? You're still there. And the response was he passed away at four seventeen AM. Jeez. Like crap, man. Like so I'm up here trying to 
trying to be all happy and like, hey, this is great, knowing that you know this guy just died and I got his funeral on Friday. Like, yeah, you're trying, you're you're promoting basically happiness. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm here inside to be of the, right inside of the hospital, and here's a guy that got the same treatment. Well, had the same diagnosis. Same diagnosis. He got the he got he didn't get as far in the treatment as I did. He had the phoresis. He had the cells taken out, and they didn't get enough. For okay, some reason, there enough. wasn't enough cells right. there, and he deteriorated so quickly after that. And just to educate you, when you're trying to get a stem cell transplant, he, is what he was getting? He was getting CAR-T, so he was having his T-cells removed like uh, I but did. But it's the same principle. It's the same idea, you, yeah. You need two million cells? We need, I don't remember what the exact number is, but it okay. was a couple million. Yeah. I believe it's pretty much the same amount as a stem cell. You need two million cells for them to even do the process. But right. go ahead. Just wanted to put that fun so, fact yeah, out. So otherwise, you just don't have enough. And so... In the interim, like his 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 kidney failed him. He's on dialysis. He's got tubes in his lungs. I went to see him last week. I was there for my doctor's appointment, and I made sure I got up there to see him. Mm-hmm. And really thinking, you know, I'll see him again on Tuesday, and yeah. uh, see you next Tuesday, and mm-hmm. and I couldn't. Like that was it. And it was just. And then another buddy of mine who I've known for like twenty years, like he was a huge help when when I first moved to town. I was a youth minister, and he was. One of the adult, uh, I don't want to say supervisors, but like a consultant. Like he was an older guy in the church, was there to help out, to help me get this thing up and running as well as I could. Faithful guy, like goes to mass every Sunday, raised six kids of his own, worked mm. his whole life. Just reti- I know, right? That's almost as many he's, as I was going to say, he's working, he's chasing you. No wonder he's, he's your friend. Yeah, well, yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, he just retired a handful of months ago. Like worked his whole life, supporting his family, raising his kids just retired finds out he's got you know he went to this he went to the doctor because he had a stomach ache and it's stage four upper gi cancer and he's got a handful of months to live to live he's going to take chemo just to extend it a little bit and that's it man so it's just this this mixed bag of emotions emotions it was a tough week man yeah it sounds like it i mean when you face with people that you know especially if you've experienced what we've already experienced, right, and it kind of, it kind of goes along with what we talked about with survivor guilt. Yeah, for sure. I felt it, a lot of that this week. Exactly. And Where, Sue, I, I want to catch you up, but Sue, at her husband's funeral, I gave her a hug, saying, "You know, I'm so sorry." She said, "Don't you feel guilty? Yeah, and then, don't you feel guilty? Yeah, you've got something to do, so don't feel guilty about being here. Do it for Leo." Yeah, and Sue, Sue is one of the. Uh, She's one of the cancer survivors in our support group. Is that, is no, that different Sue. This Diff- is Sue, oh, different Sue. Sue Leo's wife. Oh, oh, Leo's wife. Yeah. Okay, so it's So na- Leo's it's wife na- at Leo's funeral is Saying, telling me, don't, don't feel, feel guilty, guilty that you're alive. And you know, as, we told, as we spoke about it before, it's a real emotion. So it's just very difficult to process when you get to this point. Right. You know, we always try to present this humorous spin on cancer, but there is a reality side to it that is... Yeah, it's statistically, not all, it's not good. Yeah, it's not all uh, balloons popping, bells and whistles, and no, uh, yeehaws. Yeah, not all of us are survivors, this and the more the, that we get involved in this, the more we're going to see that. Yeah, it's, That's just this bad. is the other side, and we would like to try to acknowledge that aspect, aspect of it as well. Absolutely. Uh, to kind of honor those that have fought the good fight. Yeah, for sure. You know, so to Leo and the rest of your buddies. Yeah. Uh, I hope uh, the one gentleman who they gave uh, three months to live. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, th- you know, a miracle happens, and you know, and he can, you know, beat it and or live longer. Who knows? Who knows, man? But it has you. It, it definitely has you thinking. Like back to what I've always said. You know, why me? And that's why we're doing this. Right. This is the exact... That why me? Exact, this is the answer to that question for us. Why right. me? So we could do this. Right. The, 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 op, the obligation, as you spoke upon, the obligation that we have to try to give back in some shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. Um, my week in cancer... I hope it didn't interrupt your... No, I've had enough of my week in cancer. <laughs> Let's, please move on. I don't know if mine's is as morbid and, 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 and somewhat a little bit... I don't want to use the word depressing. Is it challenging? I, I want to say challenging because it is. I mean, to be real, it can be depressing. Yeah, it can. I would say that it can be depressing. But we're trying to use positive words. You had a challenge. You had a challenging week. Yeah, it did. It did. Um, 
As far as me, this week in cancer for me, uh, I had to, I was off my medication for a while, for almost a little over a month. Why? Why did you do that? Well, I was off the medication. We I, talked about yeah, this, yes. man. I, I wasn't trying to commit suicide. That's or anything. good. I was off the medication uh, by, I was directed to be off the medication by my oncologist because I needed some dental work. You do have some horse teeth. I'm glad you fixed it. <laughs> I was going to say, it was, yeah. you got new glasses, but yeah. I was so distracted by the bright smile. Yeah, you know. I lost it. These, these big old teeth of mine <laughs> gnaw through. Fill up the whole front of your face. Yeah, gnaw through uh, food and everything. But yeah, I had to get a couple of teeth out that were being naughty. They just needed to come on out of there being bad. And I mentioned to him, hey, listen, I done had enough. You had to put me to sleep. Can I get put to sleep? Absolutely. Not, so like, th- not like an old dog put to sleep. No, no, no. This wasn't okay. the end. This was just uh, this was a, a temporary get nap. Knocked out for the dental procedure. Yeah, it was a temporary nap. Gotcha. Yeah. So I needed some wisdom, uh, wisdom teeth pulled out, which you don't need them anyway. But they were bothering me. And I didn't realize that everything's, you know, surrounded around your cancer. Like, I thought I'd just go in there and say, hey, man, pull these damn teeth out. Right. But they were like, oh, no, you check that box, that cancer <laughs> the box. The cancer box, yeah, man. So I had to go get to the oncologist to get permission. I mean, I need permission for everything. But it was a learning experience. But I was off the medication for like a month. And one of the things I realized is I'm one of those guys, I'm a little hard-headed. I kind of got to see it. All this, these stats and statistics and all kinds of things of that nature. I get it. But I've lived my life kind of hands-on. Yeah. So they've been telling me my treatment is probably more my issue now than the cancer since they have it under control. Okay. So what does that mean? Well, essentially it means since my cancer, I have multiple myeloma. Since it can't be cured, I will have to take chemo for the rest of my life. Okay. So I take chemo in a pill format that's more of a slow grind a slow instead of getting the aggressive kind and mm-hmm. you know stopping and seeing if it stays at bay and then give you the aggressive kind the aggressive kinds as you well know take so much out of you yeah. so the doctors and studies have shown that maybe it's better it's better to just kind of slow kill you <laughs> okay. give you the light dosage kill you a little bit fat a little bit slower, slower. than you can live yeah yeah so give you light dosage so moving forward what happened is after being off of it for a month, I I really felt like myself, man. Oh, yeah? Like, I really felt back to normal. If there was any sense of normality in my life, I really felt normal. I had energy. Uh, my bowel movements were cool. Yeah. Yay for poop. <laughs> Yay for poop. And all those great things. <laughs> my son, Justice. <laughs> he poops like once every two weeks. Oh, that's that's not good. And like, <laughs> he comes out. <laughs> Dad, I made a clogger. <laughs> oh, come on, I get there with the plunger and fix it. But like every two weeks, we know he's got to go because he's getting crankier and crankier and crankier. Like, oh, that's insane. He's I don't not know. a big dude. I don't know where he keeps all this stuff. But I don't know wow. what I would do if I didn't poop for a month. Man, I would be, I would be cranky too. Yeah. But, you know, it, that's kind of some of the things that were going on. It was more, but I just felt really good. Felt off medicine. Well, I just felt normal. Yeah. But it also told me how much the medicine was affecting me. Remember, I explained to you, I'm a hands-on person. Right. So now it's no longer the doctors giving me data. I have my own data because okay. I can feel it. Problem is, I finished the dental work. Uh, and I started taking my medicine, my medication again uh, yesterday. Okay. And it was a, it was a tough night before the night before I had to take it because the reality is, I started thinking to myself, man, I might, I don't really want to take this medicine. Like tough when, pill to swallow, yeah, so to speak. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a tough pill to swallow pills to be to be honest but the reality is is that's where i was at i know i gotta take them right and i'm sitting there warm with well you know i I could trust god and maybe he could fix it and maybe and then i'm thinking man man i don't want to go down that maybe he's fixing it with the pills you're taking exactly so i it was just a real sad time i took the damn pills there you go good let me ask you a question did 
Did you start to see any symptoms come back while you were off for a month? No, that's what I'm trying to say. I got the symptoms that I was was experiencing were had dissipated. Okay. You know, they weren't there. That's what I mean so by the, the medical symptoms weren't there, but were any was any cancer stuff coming back? Like is a month oh, no, enough I, no. time to let things kind of That was a out? good question. That's a great question. I actually got that answer as well. When I did go take my blood work and test for the cancer, I still was at the unmeasurable mark. Okay. So it let me know that portion of it too, a month in your system of not, or a month of not taking the pills, one or two things is going on. The medicine is still holding keep. Right. Or it also says that the, the cancer has become a little bit less aggressive. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's holding it's holding its pattern as like like a plane flying right, around. Right, the, just flying, yeah, it's flying around the airport it wants to land on. But yeah, I, I struggle with it, and it, it sounds humorous, but it really really bothered me. But I knew I had to take the medicine. I took it, and today is my second day taking it. Yeah. Um, and because I know what's coming. Mm-hmm. Now that I felt better after not taking the chemo, I know what's coming, and that's this. I ain't gonna say scary part. That's the unfortunate part. Right. It's kind of a bummer. It's the bummer. Like the chemo's gonna still wipe you out. It's, it's like, right. Still gonna get the fatigue. Gonna come. It won't be to poop right. correctly. Yeah. Might not bad as your son. No. But... Maybe he can give you some pointers. Yeah. I, well, <laughs> I don't want to hold that. I don't want to hold that nasty toxic no. substance in me for two weeks. No. But yeah, I dealt with that. And then the other aspect of it is um, the reality. Everybody's situation is different when they have cancer, Mm -hmm. when it comes and you're in different positions. Some people are married. Some people aren't what you, some people have jobs, don't have whatever the case may be. In my particular case, what my, what happened this week was I've come to the realization that as much as the fantasy in my head is, Hey, I'm going to take on this new life and do all these wonderful things and see places and travel and, well, there's a slight little problem to that. Yeah. It's called old dead guys on green money. <laughs> you need some of that. Yeah, old dead presidents yeah, on green money. Yeah, specifically dead presidents. Yeah, you need that. No matter what you Because bill collectors, they could care less about your cancer. You get the quick, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. So when did you say you can make a payment? Right. You know, they don't care. So I'm at a stage like that in my own personal struggle this week of, Having to probably figure out how to return to some form of employment. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Sick or sick be damned. Yeah. Cancer be damned. And it's tough, man. It's tough because you don't want to lose sight of the enlightenment that you had from going through this traumatic experience. It, 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 re, it makes you rejuggle or reprioritize which you feel is important. Right, but I don't want to be enlightened on the street either. But I don't want to be enlightened with the cup at the intersection. Right. You know, talking about the sign saying, hey, I have cancer right, anything and scoliosis, and I could use any help, and no, I can't work. Right. <laughs> I can stand here and beg, though. I can stand here and beg, and it's, this is a struggle. Yeah. But, the, you know, but that's the reality of it. So you got to make some grown folk decisions, and it's tough, man. It, it's, that is, once again... A challenge, mm-hmm. but could be depressing. Yeah, I, I understand how people may can get to a stage of being depressed, and also, you know, for sure, man, it's uh, tough to it's tough to get back into your life. Yeah, you to get everything kind of moving forward again. And we're in the same boat. Like we need it's time to get back to work. It's been a year. Yeah, I really, I'm well enough that I can start working again. So and that do process has started. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so let's get to work. So let's get to work. So I, I, I want to go on to uh, segment two of our wonderful episode. Uh, segment two is... Topic of the week. Topic of the week. Topic of the week, man. And the topic of the week is... Things you shouldn't say to a cancer patient. Dun, dun. <laughs> Things that you shouldn't say to a cancer patient. Now, keep in mind, I don't know what all the right things are to say to her is is, if there is a wronger right per se a wronger right yeah sure like you sleep wronger there's a writer wronger i think there's there's nothing (laughs) this the weird part there's there's nothing there's nothing that's exactly right to say 
There's not yeah. one universal, mm-hmm. here's the cancer thing that you say right. to someone that has cancer. That, that, that doesn't exist. Right. This isn't, this isn't uh, a family cancer where it's, ding, we've surveyed right. the top family 100. Feud says, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Family <laughs> Feud says we surveyed the top 100 cancer patients, and here's and what, here's they, what they, they said to say. Yeah, yeah, we didn't get that. We should try to get Paul Harvey on. Or not, is it Paul Harvey? <laughs> no, Steve. Steve Harvey. <laughs> Paul Harvey was somebody Paul, else. Paul Harvey is the guy that was riding next to Paul Revere. <laughs> He's an old white dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's not no. Steve Harvey. No, it's Steve Harvey. So let's see if we can get Steve Harvey. Anyway, so we were thinking, and 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 this a lot of this, what we're saying is going to be funny, but also it's true. And coming from our position from a place of love, like we're not trying to be jerks about it. Right. If you're listening to this and you've said this to somebody with that has cancer, it's okay. Like, don't feel bad, right? Because there's not necessarily... At least not now. Not now, right. But maybe, maybe later. Maybe find that person and say, you know, that was stupid of me. I shouldn't have said that. But we're coming at this from a place of love and, and support and hoping that we can be helpful to other people. And also we're trying to give you some alternatives. Like, not don't say this, but maybe say that instead. Um, so just some options. But there's really, there's not one right answer. Like, that's just like, man, when you turn your phone off. I'm sorry, my friend. i tell you what. Damn sports alerts! Golly, ESPN dinging all day. So child th- support. There's not. A, <laughs> just going. It's not a wrong. There's not a, a right way to say, it, but there are some things that are definitely wronger. Real yeah. to say. Real wrong. Really, really wrong. All right. So let's start with, and this is just a list we created. You might have your own, but let's start with number one. Number one is, I know someone who died from that. Jeez. Thanks. That's what I want to hear. I know someone who's died from that. That is probably the worst thing. I know someone that died from getting their ass kicked for saying something stupid, too. And you're about to be. You're about to be that. My cancer ass is going to kick your butt. Yeah, I I really don't think that's a wise uh, intro. No, but people said it. People said it to me. A thousand times, but. Not actually the phone, my uncle died from that. Yeah, because it just seems so. It's not very empathetic at all. No, it's not empathetic. Sympathetic. It's none of it. It's, it's just it's none pathetic. of the pathetic. It's none of the pathetics. It's just pathetic. <laughs> yeah, because this person, and I'll speak for me. If you're telling someone that you have cancer, whatever that cancer may be, yeah, the last thing you need in your face is somebody to just instantly come at you and say, "Hey, I know somebody died yeah, from that." One. Might kill you. Did you know? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I know I could die from the cancer, but I don't want to hear about somebody that I'm explaining to that's close to me that you know somebody, hey, man, this is about hope. Right. That, that statement gives no hope. And it's not about you at all. Like, <laughs> like who asked you? I know a lot of things. but <laughs> Yeah, I told you, but who asked you to right. say that? Man, it's rough. And I think, before we get too far along the list, I don't think that anybody says any of these things with the intent of being a jerk. Right, I don't think right, so like either. It's because it's cancer is scary. Yep. And you find out you have cancer, it's a terrifying thing, and it really f- throws everybody for a loop. You know, not just the person that has it, especially the person that has it, but the people that you're telling, it's terrifying to them too because they probably do know somebody that died of that. You know, they know what cancer is, they know that cancer's bad, and it makes people uncomfortable. Right. Understandably so. So you kind of scramble... For something to say. Right. Yeah, but like like when you're at a funeral, right? Like, there's not a lot you can say. Like, you're not going to make this guy less dead than he is by saying the right words. Right? Whatever you say to me or you, whoever, is not going to make me not have cancer if you give the right answer. But we should be a little bit thoughtful about it. Right. I agree. A little bit thoughtful about the types of things we say. So... I don't even think there's there is an, a, a flip side to that coin. I know someone who died from that. Right. I don't think so. Yeah, I, don't I don't think, think you can is. come it's back just, from that. Nah, it's, just, it's just leave that one out of the Don't say whole, that. Yeah, just period. Chop that one right off the list. Yeah. All right. Number two. Why did this happen? Why did this happen? Yeah, that's a tricky one. And the 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 answer is the honest to God answer is that the universe rolled the dice and yours came up cancer. Yeah, 
right? That's about as precise as you can get. Because you can't even say, well, if you smoke, you're going to get lung cancer. Because we all know people that smoked and got lung cancer. Yeah. We also know people that smoked for 80 years and, and didn't, didn't get, get lung, lung cancer. cancer. And we know your buddy who didn't smoke At all. And, and did got, get lung and cancer. And got lung cancer, exactly. Right? There's, there's tendencies that cancer has. There's preferences. Yeah. But that, there's no guarantees. And, and obviously, there is situations where you can do things to speed up the process. And what I mean by speed up the process, I mean, you can do things that can be make you more susceptible. Yeah, for sure. To getting cancer. Right. Like if I smoking. smoke a lot, chances right, are better. Right, right. I'm going to be But sick. it doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen. And right. So that's why it's like, why did that happen to you? Or why did that happen? It's really a tough thing to say to somebody because you don't know their story. Right. It's, it's, I mean, in my example, I was in the best shape of my life and I get cancer. Right. Like, I didn't do any of the cancer stuff. But even bigger than that, at the end of the day, like, who really who who really cares? Right. Yeah, and it doesn't like, matter. Like, doesn't why matter. it happened <laughs> right. doesn't matter. The more important question is, what are we going to do now? What am I going to do about right. it? Right, but that why did it happen question, I think, behind that, the, 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 the initial question is, why did this happen to you? Mm-hmm. But lurking behind that is, could this happen to me, too? Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm. it's a it's a question that comes out of fear of try, of trying to understand something that's not understandable. They're almost it almost is, has this undertone uh, undertone into it that they're looking like they're looking at deed wise, like what deeds have you done that maybe made you get cancer, right. and all of a sudden it makes them think, well, have I done have that? Have I type? done those things? <laughs> right. right? Oh man, yeah. this is. Because that's, that's the part that probably sends That's what's you. scary, right? When people hear that you've got cancer, they get scared. They go, oh, can I get cancer? <laughs> right. They, you, you might. And if there's a lot of overlap, well, both, we both smoke Paul Malls. So like, we've been smoking Luckies for I've been smoking years. Newports. You've been smoking cool. Thank God we're using different <laughs> different cigarettes. <laughs> Thank God we're, I'm smoking different a different menthol. brand. Yeah, right. Your, your cigarettes are bad for it's you. Newport cancer, not That's cool. That's different. Cool, 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 we don't get cancer. <laughs> but that question, that why did this happen? Um, there isn't an answer to it. Right. There isn't an answer. There's not, and there'll never be a clear-cut answer. You know, unless you go, like, swimming in a vat of toxic toxic chemicals or something. Or if you decided that you wanted to have a tall glass of... Uh, Roundup. Roundup yeah. for the last 17 years. Delicious, right? <laughs> oh, like, what a lovely aftertaste. Man, it's great. <laughs> so there's not an answer to that. There is no, you know, why did this happen? It's not... You know, and and don't throw like the conspiracy theories at that either, or you know, it's all just big drugs that are trying to you know keep you sick so that they can sell the chemotherapy. Like, yeah, there's no conspiracy yeah, theory that's about it. it. Big government isn't trying to keep us sick by making us have it's cancer. This mad scientist sitting in the room going, "I, <laughs> I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to change the world." It ain't <laughs> happening, man. You just got sick. I'm going to invent cancer. The universe rolled the dice, and, and that's you what happened. got sick. That's unfortunate. You got sick. And then the other side of that, too, um, that we didn't talk about in the show notes, but I think is important, um, is with the why did that happen, don't give unsolicited advice to how to make it better either. Right. Right? Because that's the next step of that. Why did that happen? You know what you ought to do. Right. Uh (laughs) Have you considered only eating chicken feathers right you know or or cutting all the sugar out of your diet because cancer loves sugar yeah you know, just, or light this essential oil and you know rub this stuff on your butt and you're gonna feel great yeah it's the guy that comes and says hey listen i know exactly what you need to do right if you go into the deep jungle and lick a uh, gorilla's balls <laughs> right. 17 times a week you know the tricky part about that is is finding a gorilla that's into it yeah that would be that's, the tricky that's part. hard <laughs> yeah keep calm <laughs> just don't move. Simmer down, Simeon. Simmer down. Simmer down, brute. <laughs> what was that? Grape ape. That was an old gorilla. Uh, grape, cart- grape ape? Yeah, don't worry. I'm older than you. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that was a cartoon, grape ape. I don't even know what they call. What was a gorilla in uh, uh, the new Planet of the Apes? His name? Caesar. Caesar, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He seems like he's not going to be the kind of gorilla that'd be into that. Yeah, I don't think he would be <laughs> into any kind of any kind of licking. Nope, I don't think so. <laughs> this is going to get a weird rating if we keep this. this <laughs> All up. right, cool. But yeah, don't give us unsolicited advice. Don't give us this conspiracy theory that there's this, you know, this secret lemon juice mixture that 
that uh, you know all the drug companies are keeping secret and the government's keeping secret because they make so much money on this. Like, right, that's not the way it goes. It's probably not true, and it's definitely not helpful. Agreed. So, number three. Well, that's e- a good one. Everything happens for a reason. Ugh. Man, I, I I get chills just saying it. That one. Ugh. And it, hey, it, I have cancer. Well, you know, everything happens for a everything reason. Everything happens for a reason. What Man. kind of damn... That's like saying sucks to be you. <laughs> right. Right? Wow, sucks to be you. What kind of answer, what kind of rebuttal is that after I've just told you I cancer? Well, what reason are those? Right. Tell me what the reasons are so that I can stop doing those things. I will stop doing those immediately. Immediately. No more of those things. Or but try I, to figure out how I can recall and take them back. Can I, is there yeah, a way can I, I can make amends? Those yeah, reasons, yeah, can I undo them? Yeah, sometimes the reason is you're stupid and you make bad decisions. Yeah. But, you so, still don't want to hear that. You still don't want to hear it, right? But if anything happens for a reason, man, like, that's another one of the, it's another way of looking at why did this happen. Mm-hmm. Right? That's, the why did this happen is trying to find some type of logic, find some type of, of understandable nugget that you can wrap your head around for something that really isn't understandable. Mm-hmm. Right? But, but it's a grasping at it. That everything happens for a reason, right? Isn't even doing that. It's just lazy. That's a lazy response. It is. It's a lazy response. Like, well, everything happens for a reason. It means I'm just throwing my hands up. I'm not even going to explore what might be. Yeah, going people on. hit the lottery for no reason. But right. damn, is there? No one says everything happens, happens for a reason. reason for when that happens. <laughs> yeah, right? it's just you're lucky, dude. Man, that's your reason, right? Yeah. The reason is that stuff lined up. You picked the right numbers. You know, the cards aligned, and unfortunately. You got the cancer situation, but it, that's a terrible thing to say to, especially when, I don't know at what point in the journey of cancer that a person might swallow that better. Yeah. But certainly not at the beginning. Not in the beginning. No, it's, it, you know. Yeah, because you start thinking, well, there's a reason that I got this. I must be some kind of jerk that this is, this is the result yeah, that's this a is the reason. That's a very emotional, uh, uh, destroying. Yeah, statement it doesn't help. That's why I said leave that one out of your whole. And even vocal. looking now, like I'm starting to see, and I don't even want to say like things happen for a reason because now we're doing this and there's all these opportunities that have opened up. Right. Like there's things that I have had an opportunity to do that I would not have had an opportunity to do had I not been sick. Right. However. That does not mean that this is the best of all possible situations or that, right. you know, that I would have rather not been sick and not been on a podcast. Like, Yeah, well, that's the point. Yeah, it's, it's motivating. Yeah. You get motivated. Well, hopefully you do. You get motivated to do certain things, maybe things you've never done before because cancer and the whole situation changes your perspective. For sure, yeah. But like you said, I certainly would like to get to the same happy place without having cancer. Yeah, really. You know? And so then, what, so if we did the podcast just on a whim, what would be the everything's for a reason? Or we just decided to do this podcast? What would we talk about? But we wouldn't even be talking about anything. What would we be talking about? I never would have met you. <laughs> We'd be talking about Man. Yeah, I wouldn't even know who you are. That'd be a weird podcast. That'd be a weird podcast. Let's talk to, about hip-hop and James Taylor. <laughs> and just talk about stuff we just absolutely don't know. Nothing. Nothing. We don't know each other. Nope. Don't know. That'd be a good show, though. That'd be a weird show, man. Two weird, two weird guys meeting each other. So what else, what could we say, or what could someone say in, instead of... You know, why did this happen or everything happens for a reason? I think I think the best answer or the best response would be something like, I'm sorry that this is happening to you. Yep. That's and I think I think my sister sent me a card like that one time. She said, Let me punch in the face the next person that says everything happens for a reason. Right. And you open up and says, I'm sorry you're going through this. Yeah, I, I think that's I, I don't think you could say it any better. Right, because that acknowledges that something this is shitty and it's uh, happening, mm-hmm. right? So we're acknowledging that this bad thing is happening. Yep. We're acknowledging that we don't really know why it's going on or what the cause was, be it you know a universal flip off or you know you made some stupid decisions. We don't know what it is, right? But we are acknowledging that it's bad no matter how you slice it, and I'm sorry that you're going through it. I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more. I really couldn't. Yeah. That's a good one. Number four. And this one I got a lot. You're so strong. You'll be fine. Yeah, I'll be fine. You're, str- you're so strong. You'll be fine. And uh, Really? Nah, mm, how maybe. do you know? Because that's how I went into it. 
right? When I got my first diagnosis, I mean, I was terrified, but I was in very good shape. I had been for a long time. I had a big store of health to draw on, mm-hmm. right? And that helped get through the process. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I'm not like 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that the reason those first bouts of chemo didn't hit me quite as hard as they hit other people is because I was very healthy going into it. Yeah. So I don't want to say that- All that stuff's important. Your yeah. age, your health. Yeah, I don't want to say that. that being healthy, being strong, being fit isn't an important factor. However, if I was going to be fine based on my health and based on the condition that I was in, mm-hmm. why did I get this in the first place? Right. Right. I don't know that I'm going to be fine. Statistically, I'm not going to be fine. That's right? what the like statistics If you look say. at the big numbers, statistically, I got about a 50% chance of fine. Right. If you look at cancer overall, like it's probably about 50% of people are fine. And the other 50% are not fine at all. They lose. Yeah, if you start playing a numbers game, you'll start to realize how that statement is not a good statement. Yeah, the fact that we're alive, that we're here, we beat we are the be- odds. We, right, we're beating. We're s- currently yeah, right. beating the odds. Yep. Right, but like to tell me that because I'm so strong, I'm going to be okay. Just to say anything because you're, you know, you're so you're you're going to be fine. Right, is based on what? What is it you're basing yeah, that where, on? Yeah, where are you getting this data from? Right, like, yeah. How do you know that I'm going to be? Are you fine? doing a visual? Is this optic? Is you just did a visual check? Right, you just checked me out and looked at it, like, oh, you look good. Yeah, you're, you'll be fine. You're a physician. You'll be okay. Yeah, you're some kind of magic doctor yeah. with a Star Trek thing that scans I was very, me. That's what I was gonna say. You got X-ray vision. You just did a, like a little quick scan and said, yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. Wouldn't worry about it. I have clear vision of the future. Yeah, don't worry about that stage four pancreas cancer. Right, but like that whole thing, that idea that because you're healthy in the first place is what's going to get you through. Mm-hmm. It won't. It won't. It'll help. I'd yeah. rather be healthy than not healthy. Yeah, like, I would have rather got the, into this, you know, in the shape I was in rather than like morbidly obese or something like that. Like, yeah, sure, it helps. And that's that stuff they talk about when you go see the doctors is um, those are all factors that they discuss with you. Right. You know, your age, all, all these things. Yeah, and that's right. Like all, the, my, my age, the shape I was in, all that stuff, they factor that into that first percentage of how I'm going right. to do. Like. Yeah. Like here's the range. There's there's range. Yeah, I'm in here. You're in this range, age bracket wise, health wise. Yeah, they had a bunch of different criteria. Right. Yeah, I think there's seven could... different things, like seven different warning signs mm-hmm. or things that were bad. Right. And I had one. And that's exactly what happened in my t- my particular case, because if I didn't get my own cells, which I did, if I had to go get a donor, there's all these criteria that they have to meet. Uh, similar to any kind of transplant, yeah. but we're we're probably more familiar with organs, right? But the blood is, I would say, the blood is actually a lot more tricky because if you think about the blood, it flows to everywhere, right? And it's not just matching blood type. It's not right. It's not just matching blood There's type. Like, was there eight or twelve different proteins yeah, that have to line right. up? They try. It's ten out of ten they're trying to get, and eight out of ten is. You know, that's probably good. won't kill you. Yeah, 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 but probably won't. But it's a good, it's a good number. But yeah, but if you get when you do a like a, do a kidney transplant, right? And you reject that kidney, right? You can pop that one out and put another. It's one not out. exactly plug and play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you have an actual physical thing. I can remove this one and try and, another and one. put this one back in. Yeah. If you do a bone marrow transplant, Ain't you've not. just transplanted your immune system. Right. Now you can't just you, pop you, that out. And the thing is, you don't get a you don't get that one back. Right. That's the that's the big key. You don't get that one back. You now you're now you're searching. Yeah. Now you know. And to get the match is tough, man. Like I yeah. had when I was looking for when, since I was one route we were looking down as a bone marrow transplant. There's hundreds of thousands of people on that be the match list. This mm-hmm. nationwide nationwide database, and I got two. Right. And my my doc, Doctor Amen, was ecstatic that we found two people right. out of hundreds of thousands. That were a perfect match for me. And while we're speaking on that, and then we, we'll move on to uh, the the next uh, the next thing you should you shouldn't say. I just want to put a little caveat out there about African American in the world today. Is that something that you're familiar with? Just a tad. Okay. But 
in all seriousness, there's not a lot of African-American stem cell donors. So get on the list. So if you're listening, uh, I highly suggest that you get on the list. It's it's a great thing. It's not a complicated process. Uh, we could talk maybe one of the shows will briefly talk about the, how that process yeah, works. Yeah, for sure. But certainly don't take my word for it because I'm not a doctor, but I do know about it. I uh, stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. Though. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but get online, look into it. But this is specifically me reaching out to the African-American community because that was something I was told. Thank God I didn't need a donor sale. Right. So your your sample size of who you could draw from was significantly smaller. It, it's significantly smaller. And then you start when you start branching into a different ethnicity, you start everything's about numbers. You start increasing the odds of not being successful right as you go further and further away from the original part right you know so anyway yeah. no that's cool so yeah get on there. i think it's i think it's be the match is what you'd want to search for be the be match. the match okay um so so instead of you'll be fine you know what can we stay instead of you'll be fine i think you said it clearly is that i'm sorry to hear that you're going sorry you're going through this maybe that's the kind of the overall yeah i'm sorry you're going through i don't this. think you can do any better than that but you could actually, I mean, you could you could ask intelligent questions. You yeah. Know, like, wow, tell me about that. Exactly. You, you know, what what is the prognosis? Like, I would rather the, answer that question than. Well, what do they have to say attitude. about the? You yeah. Know, what do they have to say about your chances? Like, yeah. What? Tell me about your disease. Like, what is that? What is that? I, when I got sick, I don't know a thing about my lymphatic system. Yeah. I don't even think I knew I had a lymphatic system. <laughs> I don't even know what lymphatic is. Yeah, all I knew is that my uncle had lymphoma and he died from it. Right. <laughs> so that's what I told myself. Crap, Uncle George died from that. I'm next. Right. Now here it goes. <laughs> yeah, so that's all I knew. But yeah, like ask us a question about the disease. Don't just cover up and close your eyes and say you're gonna be fine and just hope that, you know, the magical unicorn is gonna make everything better. Exactly, exactly. I'm with you. What well, we got number four. Five, isn't it? Oh. This is five. Man, I'm sorry. Chemo brain. Chemo brain. Number five. You look good, bald. Which I do. <laughs> I do look good, bald. Well, you're not bald now. I am not because I did. But you were like pretty. It. I did probably have a little man crush. Oh, man. And that nice white bald head. Big old bald head <laughs> coming at you. So that one cuts. I think cuts to a lot of things that is going through the patient's head. Because when you first get cancer, you probably don't look sick. Nine times out of ten, correct. Nine, like yeah. most of the time, right. you don't look sick. But if you had a nice full head of hair, and then all of a sudden, you don't. And pretty much everywhere, eyebrows. Yeah, not, not everybody a, doesn't lose their eye. But I'm squeaky most, clean. I didn't have eyebrows. Eyebrows. Nothing. You know, nothing, no hair. I had a Brazilian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Nothing going on. You had a Brazilian body. Brazilian baby. (laughs) So, but I, I identified a lot with my hair. Like that was part of who I was. Like you spent a lot of time thinking about how do I look? How does this haircut make me look? Not that, not to be super vain about it, but you had the Samson complex. I didn't have a Samson complex. My hair was very short. Okay. Samson got the, his hair short. Yeah, he the Napoleon weak. Samson complex. <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. But like you it's part of who you are. Like when you look right. at yourself in the mirror, you see your hair. Yeah, your hair. Right? And when mm-hmm. it's all of a sudden gone, even if you got a nice noggin, which I still don't think I did, it's it's very disconcerting. It ties into your image of everything else. And even though I talked to a, a woman today or this week at that that uh that fundraiser thing, mm-hmm. it's like I may have looked good bald, but I didn't look like myself. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't look like myself. When and I I'm gonna be mirror, quite. I'm gonna be quite honest with you. Everybody, I hate to say it, you know, everybody doesn't can't rock a bald head. No, not everybody can. You know, when you got hair in your head, you really don't understand the dimensions of your head. Right, it covers up a lot of wrinkles it, and it, dimples it, it, it and ridges and, and, stuff, and ridges man. and craters and. But anyway, I'm not trying. Yeah. But this whole topic right here. You can expand upon it. It's not just about being bald, but it's more so everything kind of a, a, from a physical standpoint. Yeah, it's a very, very visible aspect. Yeah. Like, I, I put weight the on. The optics of it. Right. I put weight on when I was getting chemo. And I did not. But, but like, people do that. 
Mm-hmm. Like that's not that unusual for people to put weight on. It right. happens. So, but when you're all of a sudden bald, like, oh my gosh, but, but it ties into everything else. And I remember after I got the first round, mm-hmm. I kept pulling out my hair mm. and saying, oh, uh, it's still there. Sweet. It's still there. Awesome. It's still there. And it was, and everything said like, you're going to keep your hair for about 10 days and then it's going to start to fall out. Right. And I kept pulling on it and I kept staying and I was talking to my mom and I said, actually, I don't even think my hair's going to pull out. I keep pulling out. Ah, crap. Yeah. And I had a handful of hair. It's like, that's it. It's all coming out. So I started pulling it out and like people got home like, oh my gosh, what happened to your head? So me and Lydia shaved my head. We just I said, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and let it fall out and look like that. Right, right. I'm going to get ahead of this. I'm going to shave it now. That's kind of exactly how my situation went. Uh, I well, I don't know if I could say that, but there were certain areas where hair was falling out that I really Fashion can't. others? Like your back? No. Armpits? No. No. No, just a, a little bit more in the private region. <laughs> and uh, just clumps. Yeah. Ooh. Just, oh, hey. The, you know. And so then my hair on top of my head started going... And, uh, yeah, I just told Carrie to cut it off. Just take it off. Just cut it off. Get rid of it. And she was excited. Now. She was excited to cut my hair off. Was she really? Yeah. That's kind of weird. Yeah, she was too excited. She had a ball guy thing. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. But she was rocking and rolling. There it is. (laughs) Clippers. They were on before I could even get situated. The the sentence wasn't even out. Did your hair come back different? You know, it didn't. It came back the same. Like, actually... Uh, I remember my friends telling me, my barber, he he's a friend too, when I came back with hair, because they see me bald, Yeah. and then maybe months later I came back to get a haircut, right. and they were like, yo, they was like, you got hair. They said, listen, honestly, we thought you was done. They they, they really had made bets, like, oh, he's done, for, he's never getting his hair back. Yeah. And I had a full, they was like, get thing all the way back. You have a big old, like... 80s afro going no 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 it didn't it wasn't that because i want to see you with a big old like jackson yeah, five looking afro i don't know if i can achieve that 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 at this stage now with the chemo it might take another 17 years to do that <laughs> uh, by the time you get it it'll be cool again yeah, exactly but i mean it does grow you know pretty rapidly but that uh, to now, your does point the chemo pill you're taking does that make you keep falling out because you have hair clearly now no no and so that is the difference between Getting aggressive chemo, which okay. is what we both had. Uh, right, because the chemo, summer. what it does is it kills every fast dividing cell in your Correct. body. It attacks any. It attacks any cell. Let's start with that. It right. doesn't it know the difference. The yeah, it doesn't it know does, the difference. It does go after the fast dividing ones primarily. Firstly, firstly, I mean, firstly. did I say firstly? firstly? That's not firstly. <laughs> so, and cancer is one of those. Cancer is a fast dividing cell. Right, but so is hair. So is hair. Yep, hair is definitely one of the cells in your mouth. Uh, right, the cell that you, you know, yeah, that's, that's why, why they talk about sores and, and all that stuff. stuff right. Yeah. So ultimately, uh, you know, it, for me, it was a person said, and I was trying to expand on the ball thing and how it's, you know, an optics thing. Somebody came to me and said, "Oh my God, you lost so much weight," and I was like, "Come on, I, you don't want to hear that." Right. I just had chemo for starters. Right. I know it, but you try to tell yourself you're good. Like, I, I don't know about you, but when I looked in the mirror, I'm like, yeah, you know, you puff out your chest a little bit harder. Yeah, right. You, you know, you suck in your stomach and yeah, I'm good. Yeah. You know, till the reality is somebody I hadn't seen in a while and they bump, bump, bump. Right. Like, whoo, You don't look good at all. <laughs> you look like Skeletor. Right. <laughs> I never had that. The only time I lost weight was was with the car T. I got you. I lost like, I, I lost 30 pounds in those 17 days I was in the hospital. Wow. Yeah, that was not the healthy way to do it. But I put weight... I put way more weight back on. So mm. I was, but I struggled with that too because it was mm. frustrating. Like being in the business I was in, I owned a mm. gym. Like that was a big part of my identity was the shape that I was in. Right. Yeah. And this just got stripped. I got stripped you, Stripped away, man. And everything was gone. Everything was gone. But um, there was something else I wanted to say about this whole thing too. Losing your hair. So mine came back a couple times. Because you did it. You had Because I had a bunch of chemo, right? Yeah. So like, after the first six rounds, it started to grow back. By May, I had a pretty good full head of hair again, mm-hmm. but it was it was gray. Was it? It was weird, and it was very different. Did you dye it? No. Okay. No, no, man. I don't dye my hair. But it was it was a different, not that there's anything wrong with that. It was a different <laughs> texture. It was weird. And, it, and then I lost it again. 
and I, I grew it back out after after the car tea. Uh-huh. And now I've got different cowlicks. Ah. And I, the barbecue's telling me, man, did you always have these ridiculous cowlicks? And no, <laughs> I didn't. I, I, I'll tell you a funny story, and then we'll get to the last one. All right. Uh, so when this whole stem cell, get the stem cell uh, transplant situation came, the option came to the table, and they told us you know, about donors and stuff, and the possibility, uh, Carrie, Carrie's my girlfriend. Okay. Uh, so she was saying, oh, man, what if you get the stem cells from a blonde person? Like, blonde, not blind, but blonde. Blonde, yeah. Man, what if your hair grew black blonde? That'd be, uh, like, yo. What? <laughs> you got this Dennis Rodman. In man, fact, that'd you know, be you weird. Got, you got this Dennis Rodman. Get this Farrah Fawcett hair yeah. growing up on top of your head. Or, you know, or don't come back as coarse. It comes back fine in this land. Yeah. Uh, so we had a good laugh about that, but. Looked like a, a pimp from the A's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some weird ass. <laughs> well, you got to walk around the cane with broke, a big crystal on top yeah, of it. Yeah, broke cancer pimp. But um, Got a purple velour suit. Yeah, but that that's that's something that you really need to stay away from. It's just in general talking about a person's uh, f- physical. Yeah, their appearance. Their appearance. It's like we know we look like crap. Right. We know we look like crap. Right. And telling me that I don't look like crap is worse. We know that you're lying. Please don't patronize me. Right. So, don't I'm, be patronizing. That's. I mean that, and that comes down to a bit. Of, don't be patronizing. Yeah. That and right, I, like, it will be cool. Get to know, like whatever you're gonna say, like kind of make it. Not tailored, but appropriate for the person that you're talking to. Exactly. You know, like, cause I mean, if you know me, if you're a good friend of mine, like, you know, you can say some ridiculous stuff, and I'm going to laugh at you. Right. Yeah, but I don't know that about this other guy. Mm-hmm. I had to test the waters with you a little bit, you know, and see right. what kind of stuff I can get away with. Though, yeah, and we got away with some stuff, so we kept it going, and now we're here. Right. But at first, I didn't know. Yeah. I I didn't care because I was very very sick, and I stopped caring about what anybody thought. But who for cares? you who are not sick. And still is important what people think. Be careful about like kind of gauge what you're saying. Choose your words wisely. Say something like just engage with the person that's there. Like engage with the person that's sick. Make a connection. Yeah. Don't look at the physical because trust and believe we we know what's going on with the physical. Yeah, we're well aware. And to and to and to like you say, patronize us with a comment. When we know it's the exact opposite, it's right. not very healthy. And even now, I struggle with that too. Like, and we're going to talk about it with our next episode. Where we have a, a live strong coach coming on. We're going to talk with, and and that's not what I want to talk about is what the expectations that people have of their physical ability after they get better. Right. Because yeah, I know myself. Like, I tracked everything. I'm at maybe sixty percent of where I was. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you, man. You know, I'm, I'm, like, just, I'm really trying to get somewhere. I'm, yeah, and I'm trying to get back to where I was, and it's taking so long. <laughs> okay, so next topic. Number six. This is important. Uh, number six is don't ghost us. Say something. Don't ghost us. And for those that don't know what the slang of ghost is, it means you know just disappearing on somebody. You know, like a ghost. Yeah. So there's people that I'm not going to call them out. Okay. Because that would be really mean. Don't do that. I'm not going to do that. I feel but it coming. There's, but no, I'm really resisting. Okay, I'm right, trying right, hard. Right, do, you, do your thing. But there's people that we knew that were friends for years. There are people that we knew that, that really should have been in a position where they would have said something. Mm-hmm. And it was radio silence. Yeah. It was inconspicuously silent. It was weird. And that... Is like I get it. It's 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 more. It's again. It's it's from that position of of uncertainty and fear. It's not that you don't love us or you don't want us to be well, but you just don't know what to do. But almost anything is better than absolutely nothing. Right, right. Just, even if you don't know exactly what to say, being around someone that. Uh, that you know and your friend, whatever your relationship is with them. Right. That's enough. And that, I mean, even that, even saying, I don't know what to say to this. My uncle said but that. Tell me that. Yeah. Really? Tell me. Yeah. Just don't disappear. Right. I don't know what to say, man. But my uncle did like, the same thing when I told him, my mom and him, they were both on a phone conference yeah. call. He became speechless and I said, yo, man, you still there? He's like, yeah. Um, I don't know what to say to you. Yeah, I just don't know. And that's okay. Yeah. 
But tell us that. Tell us you don't know what to say. And and it'll be cool. But just don't disappear on a person. Or it, it, It's like you shut down and you almost make that person feel alienated, like they have some kind of right, uh, contagious. Right. I mean, you're not going to catch my cancer. Yeah. Right, but we're call already the CDC feeling, in here somewhere. Yeah, right? <laughs> Quarantine you. We're already feeling kind of isolated. We're already exactly. feeling kind of alone. So, you know, when the people that, that we do know and love and that we're friends with, like, don't treat us different just because we're sick. Please don't. You know, like, I may not be able to go out, go drinking with you. Exactly. You know, but at least not every night. But, you know, it might be nice <laughs> to be invited. Exactly. You know, like, he's getting an Oscar, right? Like, it's an honor just to be nominated. Let me let me tell you. Let me make the decision of whether right. or not I can go out. Don't decide that, For well, me. he's sick. He doesn't want to go play golf. I, Shit, I, I want to go play golf. Yeah, like, I want to play golf. Now, it I might take some, us 13 days, but... I played some sick golf. <laughs> when, <laughs> this is terrible. When I got... When I got um, radiation, mm-hmm. I was on a lot of morphine. Like, a ridiculous amount of morphine. And I didn't want to be on morphine. Like, I didn't want to beat cancer and come out with an opioid addiction. That just seemed like a bad trend. Right. Right, so... I was taking at the time when I got out of the hospital and when I actually, I think I was still in the hospital. I was taking a 40, 45 milligram shooter in the morning, mm. a 45 milligram shooter at night, and then five milligram shooters during the day just to kind of keep things at bay. So I decided on Saturday mm-hmm. that by the end of the week, I wasn't going to be on any more morphine. Right. So I tapered myself off. I took. 45, 45, and I took 30 and 30, and I took 15 and 15, and I took, by Tuesday, or Wednesday, I took zero. Like, gotcha. no more morphine. And then I tried to go play golf at the Lancaster Country Club, where I've been trying to get to play for as long as I've lived here. I've always wanted to play this club. They're not going to, they're not going to have me back. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> a, you picked the wrong man, I'm in the, physical shape to join the, that club. In the, the midst, the very thick of morphine, morphine withdrawal. Yeah. Like, I couldn't walk from the from the cart to the tee box without having to catch my breath. I was sweating all over the I place. Can, I can I, see all those golf carts balls. in a traffic jam honking. Come on, yeah, buddy. Right? Oh, it was Move so your bad. ass. I couldn't hit anything. <laughs> so we ended up playing nine holes. And, look, I'm sorry. I have to go. Like I can't do this. And haven't played there since. So. Yeah. Would like to. If anyone wants to take me out, I well, play better now. Well, with that being said, uh, I, I definitely don't want to take you out golfing. No. Well, here comes a favorite part of our show. Uh, it's called Say What? You know, Say What is a segment where we like to read from either Twitter. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Like You can find anywhere. us on all those places at Dying Laughing Podcast, or you can email us at uh, gmail at dyinglaughingpodcast.com. So we would love to get more of your responses. You know, so right. what are some of the things that you heard when you were sick that, that was rid- you felt like, oh, my gosh, this is what ridiculous. are you talking about? And it could so, be funny. It could be just like, what in the hell? Right, like way out of like, left say field. what? Yeah. So give us that stuff. Let us know. So stuff like this, we, we were just searching around. We found a couple. So this one really jumped out. And, oh, so you wanted to share this with you. Yeah, this is from uh, Tom5656, whoever, whatever that means. What website are we on here? Uh, Cancer. I, I don't really want to say. Okay. <laughs> I'm not giving out free plugs. Hustler. What? Uh, no. What are you looking at, man? <laughs> Penthouse special. This is a weird. But anyway, Tom5656 uh, was recently diagnosed with colon cancer. And up until a week, he kept the news from his family and so forth. But uh, this particular day, he decided to share with his friend. And he simply said to his, well, his friend said to him, hey, man, uh, how are you? Uh, everything okay? And he said, uh, I have cancer. Uh, I can't. Well, he said he had cancer, which cannot yet be operated on. So he's awaiting chemo. His uh, particular cancer uh, looks like it can't be cured, I, I guess. I'm not sure if that's what. He's trying to indicate, but to make a long story shorter, too late. Tom, Tom R five six five six tells his friend, "Hey man, I have cancer and I can't be operated on, so I have to wait for chemo." His friend's response was, "Why do I always get the bad news?" <laughs> <laughs> his friends, he's telling his friend that he has cancer. 
and it can't be operated on, so he's got to wait to do chemo. And Buddy's being victim that he gets the bad news. He's the victim. The guy's like, look, I'm not real happy about this either, man. Like, Yeah, like, who does that? Like, why do I always get the bad news? Uh, what part of this is bad news to you? Right, yeah. <laughs> like, like, you don't have to get, you don't have to get chemo. Right. Uh, he then goes on and says he left at him and informed him uh, exactly that he was delighted by the news. He wasn't delighted by the news either. And in some warped way of uh, his sense of humor, he still found it funny. We should find this guy. Yeah, we should find that guy. If Tom 5656 is around, uh, reach out to us. Yeah, reach out to us. But those are examples of what we're talking about. Just- yeah, so send us your story. Send us your questions. We want to be able to respond in a way. Um, we don't have a call-in session yet. I know we talked about that in the first episode, but we have not got a phone line set up. Yeah, we, but yeah, yeah, phone lines are expensive. Contact us this way. <laughs> yeah, find us on the socials. Send us an email. Let us know what you're thinking, and we will get back to you in that way. Uh, what he said. Yeah. So like we always like to do, we like to say we are uh, out of here. We are out of here. And uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for talking. Thanks for being. Aw, oh, man. See ya. See ya, man. Thank you so much for listening to the Dying Laughing Podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback, comments, questions, recipes, insults. It really doesn't matter. Tim, tell them where they can reach us. Right now, we are on the phone with Miss Cleo trying to figure out what our future is. So don't try to call. But you can find us on all the Instagrams and the tweeters and the Facebooks at, at Dying Laughing Podcast. Or you can email us at Dying Laughing Podcast at gmail.com.